Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rach. Hi, is the hello, Gordon. Hello there, over there, on oh. the other side of my dining table. Hello, hello you beautiful, feminine, lovely, marital aid using, <laughs> wonderful lady. <laughs> I really overshared last week. I thought that listening back, I've gone, this is like late at night. Whatever. <laughs> we're, it's just the three of us and we're in the middle of the bush. I don't know whether it was like the <laughs> VIP lounge or what it was or you're like the waft of your truffle fries. Um, P.S. For anybody that caught episode seven, yeah, P. Sorry. Muzzy just eating from the beginning I'm to sorry. the end. You actually got an insight as to why I weigh 120 kilos. <laughs> It's not, it's, I mean, the assumption about fatties mm. is that we, when we go out to dinner, mm-hmm. will order two of everything. Yeah. Um, no, it's grazing. It's grazing. It's just calm, 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 calm. And I thought I was sufficiently off mic. So I just, I'm going, oh yeah, nobody will hear this. I listen back. Oh, Jesus. I know, you were eating for the entire podcast. My apologies for masticating. Oh, well oh, done, well done. You. I will say too uh, that Daniel and Duncan, who hello. both emailed us, hello there. Real names? or did they come up as, you know, Whizzer and Dizzy? <laughs> no, real names this time. I, I made a mistake by uh, forgetting to do what they had requested for this week's podcast, so it will be in next week. But they both said that there is uh, an app that you can get on your iPhone which will record you sleep talking. Oh, no. And, you know, I told the story about the <laughs> orgasm in my sleep and they suggested that maybe it would be a good idea, seeing as I talk all the time, to record it and yeah. see if we can do that in the podcast. So I will do that. I've downloaded the app. I will record myself this week and it will be on next week's podcast. But what a brilliant way of making some extra money is that you could basically do some phone sex action without having to do the work. People just ring and oh. listen to Rachel's nighttime private talk. Oh, and they think I'm awake, but in reality I'm just having a sexy dream and Correct. they've got no idea. And then I'm like sort of getting $4.95 a minute yeah, yeah. while I sleep. Yeah, and the thing is is that basically you can run it like a soundboard almost mm. where the, the sort of little bits of a minute-long silence that I presume is you, you know, dreaming about unicorns and <laughs> Rainbow Bride, yeah. that that's the bit where they can go, yeah, I'm undressing you right now. Mm. <laughs> well, last night they would have caught me having a dream about Russell Gilbert. Oh, hang on. I used to work with Russ. <laughs> Is it a saucy dream? No, it's not a saucy dream, but I will tell a little story. Is that, you know, Russ, very funny guy. And I recall one day in the Triple M offices back when I was the ripe old age of 20. Oh, and you were oh, <laughs> fresh. I was fresh oh. and a little pudgy too. Mm. I had a little baby fat when I was 20. You, anyway. you, you're far too hard on yourself. I know, I know, I know. I'm just vision of a compliments yeah. for Marie. <laughs> anyway, I was sitting there doing my work on my computer and uh, and I wasn't paying Russ any attention. And uh-huh. I just hear this, hey, Rach, Rach, Rach. <laughs> I turn around, he had taken all of his clothes off and was standing there in his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> this this gets down to the, the world of the nudie run. Mm. I was at a wedding recently and a couple of blokes were going, I'm going to go for the nudie run. Now... In the moment, I was encouraging them because, yeah. you know, wow, wedding memories, outrageous, that'd be fun. Mm. But what do you think drives people for the nutty run? Because if you get nude, I'll giggle for a bit, but mm. I don't think you're the best person ever, Jono. Yeah, <laughs> it's always Jono, isn't it? Yeah. I don't really understand the idea of the nudie run. Like, and why? I mean, okay, ooh, tits and us, but I mean, we're in the age where we can see that anywhere we want. Running across the field isn't terribly spectacular. Do you recall our little nude story? 
streaking championships. Yeah, However, that's right. Yeah. Back in the days of Paul and Rach, we set up a little fake cricket uh, setup and then gave people the opportunity to streak across it who'd always wanted to streak. I remember our producer at the time uh, was very anti the idea. He thought it was very low appeal. Yes, that's true. He thought everything that we did was low appeal. But the one thing that I can remember from that is that we had a number of different obstacles that people had to go through, including one setup where we basically put a table in the middle of the cricket pitch and played hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> and for some reason, I've got no idea what we were thinking oh, about the planning like a, meeting. That's everyone's tired in that meeting. Exactly. And so everybody was coming up and sort of playing hungry, hungry hippos with their bits, with their boobies, with their butt. And all I remember oh. was the hungry, hungry hippos was covered in in arse and tit sweat. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. there was just, every time somebody came up naked, there'd be just more and more sweat to the point mm. where I'm thinking, we have not thought the hygiene of this setup over at all. But also, remember when we went to the nude beach? Slight theme starting to yes. become apparent, anyone? And remember the bloke who was Nicky New? I don't want to get too descriptive, but, jeez, um, there was dry, flaky skin. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, breaking news, Rach. <gasps> breaking news. Well-ish. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and oh. uh, and her bloke have I split know. up. I know. Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. Now, um, on the behalf of the Paul and Rach podcast, we're more than willing to offer ourselves to soothe both of these very broken hearts and oh. broken oh. souls. Um, I'll also soothe a little bit further south. <laughs> <laughs> what I was working towards. But <laughs> Are we going to please talk about the consciously uncoupling thing? What's that? This is the whole thing that's been coming out What's about the consciously fa- uncoupling? Exactly. You know Gwyneth Paltrow and her ridiculously earnest and inaccessible website, Goop? Correct, but hot. Oh, I think she's, she's just super hot. There's yummy, no doubt about it. Yummy, but she yummy, put yummy. the post on uh, her website, which actually crashed her website, saying that they had made the decision to consciously uncouple. <laughs> That's what she calls divorce. Consciously f-ing uncoupling. Oh, wow. It, this has gone everywhere. Today I tweeted out that I was going to try and consciously uncouple you from some <laughs> truffle fries that you couldn't stop eating last week. How ridiculous. Yeah. Why can't you just say, we've broken up, we got a divorce, it's over, it's finished, nada, yeah. no more, it's done. Consciously uncouple? Exactly. She's quite pretentious, but oh, quite attractive, so I'll forgive her. Mm. But the thing is, I think that unfairly, she has received all of the shit for being the kooky one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. This is the bloke who won a Grammy and made millions of dollars out of a song about the word yellow. <laughs> yeah, but no, have no, you no, seen well, him perform? Yeah, but okay, maybe I'm a little dense here. Perhaps <laughs> I'm not cool enough for the kids. What the f- He's yellow. <laughs> no. Look at the stars. Look at how they shine for you. Blah, blah, blah. Yellow. <laughs> He's, he seems like a very nice guy. That does... she, she'd have you eating kale chips. Oh, uh, yeah. off her? <laughs> <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. Oh. <laughs> what? Zoe? I'll tell okay. you. Okay. <laughs> I was quickly trying to find, on the internet, if you want to go find it, you can find it. It's not that hard. Gwyneth Paltrow, at her zenith of attractiveness, was when she was with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And her and Brad Pitt got nude and uh, were caught paparazziing, right? And everything's fantastic. So I've just gone searching really quickly here to try to show you the Gwyneth Paltrow, Brad Pitt nude. Um, this is where I have ended up. Sexy male celebrities. All right, just do a little search down and... 
<laughs> and tell Australia what you can see. I can see. What? Who's in the G-string? I don't know. Matt Bomber? Who's Matt Bomber? I had no idea. Joe Mangaliano's sexy abs. <laughs> oh! Oh! God! <laughs> Jason Statham somebody what is this i don't know but i just wanted to explain it for my internet history oh my god heath ledger with his doodle out oh, oh. do you like anything there oh okay something's going up someone's bottom <laughs> oh! <laughs> hit the guys up on the paul and rach facebook page rach new segment time oh i love it great right. go this is the emperor has no clothes oh. Oh. <laughs> what? all of our segments sound like tech time hang on Nah, no? One more, one more, right, one, one more. more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on, just one second while I throw my phone against the. F- <laughs> oh, hang on, that's an iPhone. Ooh. All right, broken. Oh, broken. Now, uh, the, <laughs> the Emperor has no clothes moment mm. is that we need to uh, confront a little thing, a little something, something yeah. that's around at the moment. Fat security guards. Oh, yeah, most of them are fat. I've only seen a fat security guard. Okay, I thought the whole point of the security guard was to either block your entry or to chase after you if you shoplift. Yeah. Do you think most of the fat ones could stop a bank robbery or chase after you if you stole something? No, I just thought that their purpose was to be a kind of man mountain. Yeah, but but the problem is the mountain has to move. (laughs) The mountain must come to Muhammad (laughs) at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I assume that maybe they're just supposed to look intimidating and gone are the need for them to chase somebody down the street because I'm going to say most of the blokes that I've seen out the front of nightclubs wouldn't be doing much chasing. Yeah, but also the whole thing is is that if it's meant to be intimidating, why are they fat? Like I get mm. like intimidating is meant to be you know bulky and big and sort of yeah. looking like Vulcan off off gladiators. Oh, Vulcan, whatever happened to him? I wonder where he I think is. He's up the cross, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're meant to look like that. Instead, I saw this bloke. God love him, but you know, I was standing at a shop the other day and. Somebody was coming out armor guard style. This bloke was fat and mm. he was fatter than me and he was slow. And I didn't have a lot of confidence in his ability to secure the region when, I'm not joking, he knocks on the little side door for somebody to let him in to go and get money out of the safe and he had to have sit down. Oh, dear. So he's... I'm oh, like, he's a heavy breather too. I hate an audible breathe. <laughs> I hate an audible breathe. <laughs> I cannot tell you how weird and disturbing it is when you're standing in an elevator with someone and you just hear... (sighs) However... Having said that, if, if you want to call you late at night, <laughs> that's fine. If I mean, what's the other alternative? Because say if you are marathon runner Leith, mm. you know, or Lithe, whatever your uh, choice is. Tomato, uh, tomato. Tomato, tomato. I mean, sure, you can chase somebody down and you've got sort of svelte muscles and you're very, you know, you're very together and fit. But that is also not intimidating. I would be more intimidated by the bloke that looks like Yoda. Not Yoda, the other one. <laughs> Jabba. Uh, Jabba. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> you just step over him into the club. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. La 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 Listening to Paul and Rach.
Rachel Corbet. Yes, Paul Murray. I'm loving your undies today. <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh, the one's hanging over here. Oh, okay, that's right. We're in we're in the Chinese laundry that is my dining room. I was going to say limited frills. <laughs> limited frills. Just a little bit of, okay, I'll put just, some frill just in. Just a touch. Yeah. Just a dusting of frill. If, if it was a star sign, mm? bonds with bras and things rising. <laughs> <laughs> like not Victoria's Secret Arts. No. Yes. Not contraption underwear. It's just a little bit fancy. You're so right. You're so, although most of my underwear is uh, bonds with cotton on rising. <laughs> <laughs> now, I uh, I wanted to ask you about a social phenom, yet another one around the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed something at the moment. You know, uh, when people handshake, there's the power handshake where if they come in on the top, I'm in charge of this co- conversation. Yep. And if you're on the bottom, apparently you're weak. Mm-hmm. I've realised that there is incredible power in who ends a phone call. Yeah, fair point. Now, Fair point. This is the trap for young players, is that, okay, you're having a great old chat and then somebody will go, there's a variety of ways most people get out, but most people are like, anyway, I've got a da-da-da-da-da, thanks very much. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Now, I have got in conversations where I've had something else I had to add, mm-hmm. not because I'm desperately trying to hold them on yes, forever, yes, yes. but just I'm not done with the talky bit yeah, and they've yeah. done the, anyway, and I've got, yeah, yeah, but can I just one da 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 and then anyway, and then it's mm-hmm, over, fine mm-hmm. and fair enough. But... When somebody says, anyway, regardless of what you've got to say, it's over, get out, do you give them the power? Do you fight for a bit of pride where you drag it on and then you say, anyway, I know you've got to go? I believe that the sort of unspoken rule is that if you make the call, you break the call. Great call. You know? If Great you, line. If you, if you have dialed the number, then it is your prerogative when that conversation ends. Now I'm just trying to uh, suppress a memory from uh, my teenage years when I was in a long-term relationship with somebody who's still the very good friend of mine mm. and I just remember lots of silences mm-hmm. like lots of long silences because you know you've run out of things to say as teenagers but you know you don't want to hang up because you, you know what I used to do though this is how I used to solve the problem of the teenage conversation ah. I would get myself a little notepad <laughs> really? pre-call really? and I would write myself a list of all of the things that we could discuss for example very good. today's softball match uh, episode of catchphrase with Burjo. Uh, and I would write myself a list so that I never had any silence. I would move to the next thing on the list uh-huh. as soon as that conversation ended. I would do that all the time with boys I liked because I didn't want to not be able to come up with conversation and I got very nervous. Did it get awkward when you were about to 12, 13 and you got to the talking point, very memorable horse ride? <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. We've done segments before that uh, have similarities to segments that already exist in media land and because of copyright issues we've often changed the name like Paul and Rach's Media Observe instead <laughs> of Media Watch. I'd like to do a similar one. Uh, of course, foreign correspondent already taken. So now it's time for Paul and Rach's Intercontinental News Hound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hang on. That's Superman. <laughs> I think Intercontinental News Hound's going to catch. Oh, I tell you what, I'm already thinking <laughs> the single longest Twitter handle name ever. Intercontinental News Hound. It's got a real, it's got a real ring to it, I think. Uh, now, I just wanted to do a bit of international news in Intercontinental no, News Hound. Thank you, please. Don't give up on the title if you're going with this. We're not doing international news. It's Intercontinental News Hound. <laughs> So uh, I wanted to discuss two different regions, both seemingly as corrosive as the other. 
Number one, North Korea. Oh, God, uh, God hate them. Naturally, they are just constantly in the crazy, crazy sort of cousin stage. Well, this is the whole thing is that, I don't know, is the, the country's obviously crazed because of its leader, mm. but its leader, batshit crazy. crazy. How in this day and age can a place like North Korea exist? I have no idea mm. how that shit is still going on. But it must just be... I mean, look, this was a guy who, what, didn't he off his uncle or something? It mm. just must be a brutality where it's just somebody coughs and you shoot. And oh. The control you would have to have, that's the only way. Because it couldn't yes. just be force of ideas. You'd have to go... And all of your family as well. Well, all of these people in the camps, in the labour camps, like millions of people for nothing, yeah. for doing yeah. nothing. Absolutely unbelievable. And now... I'm looking forward to the punchline here. <laughs> <laughs> Problem is I don't have one. But the, the thing that's come out today is that Kim Jong-un has said, you know, now normally uh, they have a North Korean fashion guideline which allows men <laughs> 10... Yeah, exactly. Everything is shades of grey. Men have 10 hairstyles that they're allowed to choose from oh. and women have 18 styles. And they are only allowed to get haircuts out of these. This has now been changed to say that the men can only get Kim Jong-un's hairstyle. Oh, wow. There is now going to be one hairstyle in North Korea and it's short in the sides, ridiculous at the top, (laughs) and everybody has to have that hairstyle no matter who they are. Or except, you know, if you're a a dude. Yeah, but it's no different than Newtown in Sydney, the Fortitude Valley in Brisbane, Mm -hmm. the cool kids parts of of Melbourne, where apparently the only hairstyle that exists for blokes is shaved on the side, (laughs) pubie douche on the top. Puby douche. Well, what's puby douche? You know what I mean. The sort of the, the it's it's a bit spinny and oh. that, that's true. That's a great name for that. Uh, and I think that along with intercontinental news sound is really going to catch on. Second country I'd like to call into question: Russia. Oh. About what? time. You know what? You can't just annex a country. Sure, Barack Obama won't do anything. Paul and Rach, we'll wave <laughs> our fingers at you. Let me tell you <laughs> what I found out about Russia today. Now, the, the Russian forces have basically taken over Ukraine's Navy assets uh, in Crimea and they're all flying the Russian flag now. But the one thing that they also took over that I didn't even realise existed was the nation's combat dolphin program. <laughs> Are you aware of this, Paul Murray? These... This is actually a little bit cool. This is like a James Bond film yeah. is what it is. If you are not aware of this, basically the Soviet Union began training dolphins and marine mammals to locate mines and detect enemies back in the 1960s. And when the USSR collapsed, Ukraine inherited the dolphins and their trainers. Now, most people you know, have thought that this whole program was a myth, but apparently they've been trained to kill frogmen, which are sort of people trained to in underwater combat and scuba diving and things, exactly like a... a a um, James Bond film, mm. they've been trained to attack these people with knives attached to their heads. <laughs> okay, that's where we start to get kooky. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> this is incredible. How does this even... Apparently at one point the um, Defence Ministry and Kev wanted to release the dolphins into the wild. Imagine how they'd go out there with their mates just did trying say, to stab everybody. Did you say the Defence Ministry and Kev? Kev. All right, I thought you said Kev. <laughs> You know, Defence Minister Kev (laughs) over there in the USSR. What kind of reality is going on over there in that part of the world? I mean, it sort of makes sense when you see, you know, Putin with his shirt off riding a, you know, a bloody unicorn every five seconds. It's the same logic that says you have the Winter Olympics in the tropical town of Sochi. It's just because we can (laughs) and because you will. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
Paulie, it's time for Paul and Rachel's Tech Time. Fun <laughs> <laughs> and then a typewriter. <laughs> uh, I wanted to tell you about a new little phenomenon. You know, you and I love New York, New York. What a wonderful town. <laughs> oh, get me there. Get we love there, it, right? We love it. And get there's it. a beautiful hotel called the W Hotel. Very, oh, very lovely. We've nice been there, bar we've there. there. It's great. Super lovely. It's wonderful, um, wonderful. And Bridal suite for me. <laughs> Uh, but there is uh, the W Hotel has just released a new service that they're offering for their wedding guests because, of course, everybody loves their special day to be extra special. So people are always looking for new ways to make it even better. Uh, and they're uh, offering at the tiny bargain price of $3,000 no. your very own social media wedding concierge. No. <laughs> Let me tell you what this wedding concierge will do. Nothing. Nothing. Well, this is it. Nothing. This is the great area of the fluff of social media as a job. But did the whole industry of, oh, I do the social media, and I go, mm-hmm. It's bullshit. What you do is, this is the definition of making up a, a title that sounds important but does absolutely nothing. So they will, so that you don't have to go around and take selfies all day like you would be in uploading to Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, they will send somebody around to live tweet your ceremony and reception. Everyone's already got one of those people in their wedding party. Yeah, of it's course. It's the board plus one. The other thing that this social media concierge does, now this is the sentence that really got me in terms of making up bullshit when you do nothing. Curating a unique wedding hashtag. Oh, oh, that's a job. <laughs> what? So hang on. So hashtag Paul and Rachel's wedding. Yeah. Or PNR wedding. I can give you another version of that line. Curating a unique wedding hashtag is also just typing a hashtag yeah, in. Correct. <laughs> not, there is no. You are not putting together a gallery showing Cur- at the Met. Curating. You know. You are not head of MoMA. This is this. You oh. are not curating anything. You are typing in hashtag Paul and Rachel's wedding hate- and uploading a. <laughs> Tweet. I hate these people. So bullshit. They will also encourage, you imagine how quickly this will get annoying, encourage your guests to utilise hashtags oh. and handles as they post. What? So, so, okay, so you're just going to get the MC to say, okay, everyone, today's hashtag is Paul yeah. and Rachel's wedding. And there are going to be blokes walking around going, as people take photos, don't forget to upload it to hashtag uh, Paul and Rachel's oh. wedding. <laughs> get is, lost. This is so terrible. They will also curate a registry wish list and dream honeymoon Pinterest board to inspire the couple. This is essentially, we will set up a Pinterest page with photos of places you might like to honeymoon as inspiration. Oh, come on. This is not a job for $3,000. And then at the end, they will get a social media recap, including a Shutterfly book, whatever that is, complete with social media highlights from the planning process and a collage of the best tweets and Instagrams sent during the day kill me <laughs> seriously kill me hashtag <laughs> you're listening to paul and rach rach and i've been a little bit negative today i've been celebrating everything so can i celebrate by hating oh yes you can <laughs> sanctimonious dicks on twitter now mm. as you know the prime minister made weird strange wrong choice about sirs and madams and all of this. I'm sure I get the logic and it's been explained to me why he believes it's a good idea. Fine, it's a sincere thing. It's not a let's go back to the 1950s, okay? Mm. But the sanctimonious wankery of people on Twitter, I'm talking left-wing, right-wing, funny, not funny, 
declaring themselves sir and madam and oh, dame yeah. and all of this. It's like, well, like, hang on. You don't have this attitude towards Australian of the Year mm. or the Order of Australia, which are equally ludicrous. Absolutely they are. Of the, course they the are. The idea that any one person gets the little badge on them to say, you're more awesome than everyone else, mm. it's not quite an Australian thing. And that's all our reactions. But I'm sorry, you have traded away the moral high ground by rolling your eyes at a Prime Minister who, let's be honest, has said there'll be four of them a year. Yeah. How does that destroy your life? I want to be one. Oh, Dame Rachel Cobar. I want to be a dame. I don't know how I'm going to achieve it or what I'm going to do that's going to be important enough to me, for me to get it. But you know what? If you were knighted Sir Paulie... Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Sir Paulie. Sir Paulie of mad rooterdom. Of mad rooterdom. And um, you sat down at the um, night with the Knights of the Round Table. Do you know what your round table would be made of? Yes. A lazy Susan. F*** <laughs> 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 you, but I love you. Listening to Paul and Rach. Polly, it's time for Paul and Rach's serious talk. Do you have thrush again in the past <laughs> 20 minutes? <laughs> now we're going to have to start the segment again. I just wanted to talk about something, um, and it is a serious topic. Why are people not getting their children immunised? Oh, well. Yeah. This drives me insane. But you realise by saying this, you are now on the list of idiots who will abuse you on Twitter and Facebook for saying Good. the common sense, normal thing, which is for God's sake. Medicine has got us to a point where polio doesn't need to ruin lives the way it did in the past. Whatever kooky crap you read on the internet... Go away. Absolutely. And pardonnez-moi if I am more likely to listen to the bloke who studied at university for years and is a part of an industry that is based on proof and research and making sure that things have been tested 85 times before you come to a conclusion as opposed to the f***ing mummy blogger who sits behind her computer and spouts her crap. But this is the thing. I mean, I'm not discounting alternative medicine at all. Neither are you. But... The same group of brains that know how to perform a heart operation mm-hmm. are the same people who worked out, okay, when you're a kid, you need a little jab, jab, yep. and then you'll be all right. Now, it's obviously not the same doctor, but come on, it's the same discipline, the same focus. And as you say, some idiot mummy blogger or, or f***ing what, Jenny McCarthy mm. banging on, the, it's just, it's on ridiculous. with your dog. It's I'm ridiculous. With- and I am all for alternative therapies. You know that I love the old colonic. I'm a massive fan of them. You give me, I'm, I've got ear candles sitting out there waiting to clear my... Can I have one? Oh, you want to try I've, it? I've so desperately, desperately wanted this to happen. You can have my ear candles and I'll go get new ones. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this stuff, I love anything that is alternate to the mainstream. I think it's spectacular and you should explore all options. But this is just bizarre to me. And I also find when I get immunised, I feel like Superwoman. Yeah. I'm licking doorknobs. I'm passion toilet seats. I'm going up to people who are sick and going, give me a kiss because I'm immune. I'm Superwoman. Yeah, but hang on. You, you, you're trying to convince people they should immunise their kids or themselves. You've sold that by saying, I'm licking doorknobs. <laughs> <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Little public transport question for you, Paul Murray. I know that now that you're a big man about town, mm. you know, just wandering around. I'm aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't write it. Taxes pay for it, but I'm aware of it. I am not sure 
sure if you I mean have you done much public transporting in your time? Yes. I know, yeah? Yeah. Because you're a driver. You love to drive everywhere. Even if we go to dinner in places where it's, it's pretty much walkable or it's irritating to park, you will always drive. Including one time when we went down to uh, a lovely establishment and the only parking around <laughs> was at a local hotel and you made me pretend we were staying there despite the fact that you know I'm a rules kid, P. Murray, yeah. and you know I have a slight internal conniption mm. when I have to do these things like lie to people when I know I'm not staying at the hotel. And what did we have to do? We walked in and the guy said, are you staying at the apart- uh, at the hotel? So, yes. Do you have any luggage? No. Uh, no. And then you tried to imply that it was because we were just going in to get one away. Hello. And then they followed us into reception so that we had to stand there and pretend we were waiting in the line to check in. But did we get a good park? We did get a good Thank park. Thank you very much. See, this is the rule too. Trap for young players when it comes to the world of parking. Everyone assumes that... Uh, oh, I couldn't possibly park literally next to the venue. Mm. So everyone ends up going, well, I'm just going to take the chance and park 45 kilometres away. I have learnt from my Uncle Phil, good old (laughs) Uncle Phil, who taught me as a very young man, drive right up to the front door because you'll be surprised there's always a park there. So that's always my logic. But you don't just drive up to the front door. I mean, you will drive into their kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) All I'll say is, love, if we weren't meant to cut corners, why did God make the world round? Right, okay. Well, the whole point of my public transport discussion is that I was on quite a fair few trams uh, in Melbourne over the weekend. And um, it's the same on buses. It's the same uh, on some trains. Why have we designed public transport so that the way to hold on is about half a (laughs) metre above your head in an environment that at peak times gets packed so you are at armpit level with people whose only option is to raise their hand to hang on. Very good point. Why are we releasing the stench Mm, mm, mm. of the full day at work to the surrounds of said public transport so that we can, I mean, is there no better option? Can we not put something on the ground? Can we not strap ourselves in with some kind of seatbelt? And secondly, mm-hmm. the other thing, apart from the stable sort of bar, who the f- designed those handles <laughs> on cloth <laughs> that you grab onto that, if anything, make you less stable <laughs> than when you were just on your feet hanging on to nothing. I'm hanging on to those. I'm weird. I'm brown. I'm flying in the wind. I'm moving forward. I'm moving backwards. Who is who is being more stabilised by those things? Okay, I see you. Armpits in the middle of the city yeah, yeah. or lying to somebody and parking at the venue. No, I'll take the bus. Oh, really? <laughs> Enjoy. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us on Facebook. And uh, are we on Instagram? We did this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we but did, think... but you just got on Instagram this week after shit-canning it last mm. week. We will deal with this later. <laughs> we will deal with this later. Because I don't want to interrupt what I'm sure is going to be very, very important. I would like to tell you about uh, my weekend. Uh, I was in Melbourne. We obviously did the show last oh, week. There from was the... the security screening <laughs> incident. So I'm assuming it was a good week. <laughs> It was a wonderful weekend. and uh, Wonderful. <laughs> it was a great oh, weekend. Gee, somebody's all in. But <laughs> all in. Look at it. Oh, I love where to make a blush. Don't make me blush. Now, I... What uh, rhymes with blush? 
<laughs> a uh, generic brand of cream. How's that going? Uh, it's good. We've cleared up. We're all good. We're cleared up. <laughs> that was the only bit my wife went, she said that on the... <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I did say that on the podcast because I'm an idiot. Right. So I went down to the Melbourne for the weekend and I went and uh, had a look on Airbnb oh. for a place to rent. We were, you know, in conversation with uh, the guy's property manager. Uh, and so I'm expecting... Kevin. Yeah, exactly. I'm expecting that when we turn up and meet the property manager, he's going to be in a suit or... <laughs> no, no, no. Property manager is some bloke in jeans and converse waiting on the corner of the road for me to come and pick up the keys. Mm. Then he walks us in he walks us into the apartment he's he's showing us around stays too long i'm gonna say because i was there with my girlfriend christy williamson we'd been and had a bit of brunch i'd met a little baby ella had a lovely day so she came with me to come and pick up the keys and and to let myself into the apartment so it was just us two girls hanging in the apartment and old mate (laughs) was not in a rush to leave now i longed at that moment for the just simplicity of a hotel check-in. Yeah. You know, where there is no personal relationship that you are developing with the person behind the counter, all they do is enter in your <laughs> details and give you a swipe card. Correct. And then you're off on your way. Not with this bloke. He stood there and wanted to know what we were up to for the weekend. And so where have you come from? What have you been doing today? Would you f*** off? <laughs> like, I'm on holiday. Yeah. Leave me alone. And so then Christy... Very astutely observed. It was time to get nude and invite him into... (laughs) No. She said as she was leaving, I look forward to seeing this weekend on you, Porn. (laughs) Because when you stay in somebody's apartment and it's been sort of prefaced with this property manager in his converse who didn't want to leave, there is just this unshakable sense the entire weekend that he's got cameras up in places you can't see. Absolutely. This is my whole thing with the B&B with the with the smaller operator with the Mm -hmm. private thing going I can't help but think I'm being watched absolutely I had the first shower in the dark let's 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 take this very slowly (laughs) and and were there (laughs) soaps or lotions I prefer a lotion soap is too dry all right now did you have a couple of candles on just to because I was afraid that the man that owned the place was going to see me in the shower, so I had a shower in the dark. <laughs> what were you using for the light to get around? Did you do that thing we had the iPhone and the spotlight? No, I just was I was fumbling around in the dark like an idiot because I'm absolutely convinced that Airbnb <laughs> is just a new version of porn. Yeah, correct. That this is just basically people renting out their places, getting a little bit of money to get the footage of you doing your business on your sexy weekend and then put it up online and earn again. Okay, let's give people time to go searching for that. <laughs> Rachel is spelled R-A-C-H. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. I love you. I don't know why I'm very I love you today. I love you so much yeah. all the time. Love you long time. Love you long time. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, <laughs> you were mentioning the want for the hotel check-in. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Oh. You see, while you were preparing for Weekend de Love mm-hmm. in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, I was doing a hit and run farewell to a dear mate of ours, Bangers, who is off to New Zealand to go and work in radio. Mwah, all the best. We love that man. We do. He's we... wonderful. One of the true greats in radio. Mm. Decent bloke, lovely guy, just genuine salt of the earth. Mwah. Yeah, and by that we mean between the knees oh. and the belly button. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, the, <laughs> we were there to say farewell, so it was sort of hit and run thing. And I love a service department. Yep. I prefer the service department to the hotel because... 
I like to sleep in. Mm-hmm. And by sleeping, I mean one o'clock, okay? Yeah. Like teenage sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I am back yep. to my teenage sleepings. Wow. It is exciting. I know it's bludgy, all of that. Mm. But I am sleeping. I like wake up at seven and go, no, <laughs> quarter to ten. Hang on. Half past twelve. It's oh, bubba! I'm right back there. I love, I love a teenage oh, sleep in. It's so, so good. It's so good. And each time you wake up with a different morning glory. Yeah. <laughs> I assume the thing is. So I love the service department because it's kind of a bit hands offy. It's leave yourself alone, and presumably it's no cleaning. It's like how many new towels mm. does one person need? Yes, yeah, exactly. The check-in process, however was I've now become picky. I have become picky the way that I like my service departments. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now, my simple reason I'm bringing all this up is I need to know if I've become a bit of a wanker. Okay. Which is uh, the place I completely... It's a great place, modern but not five-star over the top. But I jagged a one-bedroom unit with a view over the Brisbane River, the Story Bridge, like, you know, the... The bloody postcard Mm, view. mm. However, what this place was was a two-bedroom unit where they just lock one of the bedrooms. Right. Now... You do know that if the door's locked, there's a gimp in there or something, (laughs) you know? Like, there's something dodgy going on in there. What was strange, though, about this place was the bedroom that was locked was the one with the view. So it was the crappy second bedroom. So am I a wanker for calling downstairs saying, unlock the good bedroom, please? No, of course not. Good, I needed to check. What, you're going to be, so what, you're sort of hanging your head out the side of the building looking around to try and get a glimpse of the view? What are they doing shutting off the good bedroom? This is it, I don't know, but it's like, I was paying enough, but maybe not all the best. But also, this is the trap I fall into in any city I'm in at any time. Now, in Sydney, I would not sleep with the door open or the window open because I know in the middle of the night some person apparently has to put out their recycling, yeah. um, you know, and who knew they ran a pub next door? <laughs> you know, there's some just excessive amount of noise. There's yes. some air brake 50 kilometres away. Yeah, exactly. All, this, all the street sweepers. We yeah. had one come through uh. at 7am this morning. You know, what, you can't clean the... Streets at 3 p.m., you know? <laughs> 3 p.m. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. So, but of course, whenever I'm away, be it the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Melbourne, whatever, I sleep with everything open. Yep. Now, this is not a good strategy because, first things first, in Brisbane, as everyone knows, the sun comes up at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> yeah. because of daylight saving. And secondly, it's in the city, so all the noises are around. Mm-hmm. So every single time... I wake up and go, oh, so much noise. <laughs> so there's me with my underpants and running glory. Um, walking up to <laughs> walking up and giving Brisbane a bit of a scoop about this fat bloke just going, closing the curtains, slamming the door. So end of the story, you got the you got the right bedroom? Oh, Paulie gets what he wants. <laughs> oh, please. Especially if you go downstairs with your morning glory. Whatever you want, sir. Whatever you want, <laughs> just put it away. You're listening to Paul and Rach. My love, um, it's time for me to have to whack on the black hat where I have to say things that maybe people aren't going to like. Oh, God. I forget whether we had music for this or not. But I don't just, think we did. Paulie's black hat. All Some right. straight talk. Now, previously, I had said that uh, Ellen DeGeneres' so-called amazing retweeted selfie mm-hmm. was actually not a success mm-hmm. because while a million people retweeted it, she has 25 million followers. Yep. Therefore, mm-hmm. 24 million people who follow her chose not to retweet. Ergo. Failure. QED. Yeah, done. Yes. Finished. <laughs> now, Sydney, we've got to have a conversation. Uh-oh. This town 
Yeah. If two things bring it to its knees, you, we not need a bomb to go off. We don't need anyone to die. Mm. All you need is some roadworks and maybe, just maybe one drop of rain. <laughs> On my way to you here today, I don't know what happened. I'm sure there was some accident somewhere. Uh, but on the, the Gore Hill Freeway and the Lane Cove Tunnel and all of this business, and this is the same rule I assume for every other city, but in Sydney it is an absolute punish. People don't get the most basic thing. You go, I go. You go, mm-hmm. I go. Can we all say it together? <laughs> Instead, people think, no, I'm going to beat you. And yeah. then oh, I've won the game of life. Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't. No, anything. And invariably, you always see those rule people at the next stoplight. Correct. Or, you know, you pass them 20 metres down the road. Like, they never get far enough away to justify that one push of the accelerator. Correct. I mean, I'm a great believer in, uh, you know, momentum, even if it means longer. So, say, today in that traffic jam, I went, all right, I'm going to work out a rat run here. I'm going to go up this back street. But because I didn't stop and I kept driving, Mm. I don't care if it meant it was longer. But I felt like I had a win. See, this is the Ronnie C uh, sort of theory of things, is that as long as you are in perpetual motion, you are somehow taking a shortcut, even if that perpetual motion is three hours <laughs> and it actually it takes you 20 minutes yeah. to go the other way. I'm with him. I'm with him. Dad is also the kind of person that thinks it's a real achievement if you avoid traffic lights. So it might take an extra 45 minutes, mm. but if you don't have any of those major <laughs> traffic lights, well, that is a shortcut as well. We Every time he takes me to the airport, we go away that means I have to get to his house with an hour and a half. It takes me 15 minutes to get to the airport from my house. When I get a lift with dad it takes an hour and a half because we go the most convoluted way you've ever seen. And every time I've ever done that in a cab or anything I feel crook. And can I just have a moment to talk about cab drivers while you brought that up? Well if you want to get racist. I'm not getting racist. Let's all judge together. I... Want to know what the, the charges are that they put on at the end of the journey? Well, firstly, they—that's a pejorative oh, racial term. Yeah, it is, but not. okay, right I caught a cab to the airport. Yeah. It cost me thirty-six dollars and ninety-six cents from here. From here, <laughs> right? I caught a cab back from the airport. It cost me $48.17. This is this garbage, and I, I think it's the same in other cities. Can you write and tell us on the Facebook page where? If you use a toll road, you have to pay not just for the toll road, but for the driver to drive on the same toll road to go back to where they picked you up. What? That's the rules in Sydney. It's no. insane. Because the theory is, okay, I'm going to go from the airport to Rachel's house and then I can go back to the airport to pick something else up. You can pick up. up another fare at my place and go back to the bloody airport. Correct. There is not a single cab driver in the history of pulling a taxi <laughs> that goes back from whence they came. It is just a bit of cream that gets thrown up. You pay for both of the tolls if you go over bridges and stuff. I never, ever knew that. Crazy. And I have never paid the same cab fare twice yeah. going to the same place twice. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what the extra charges are. I, th- I swear to God they're just whacking whatever number on top and I never call them on it. And every time I get out of a cab, I think to myself, why didn't you just say something? Why didn't you ask them what it was? It's your money. Why didn't you pull them up on it? Well, all I know is that Jeeves only charges one number. <laughs> When he picks me up from the club. Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. 
Sadly, that's our show. Time to finish up. Thank you so much. Obviously, you can check me out on Sky News. Yes, head there, 9pm weekday, except for Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, you have a couple it. of days off. Yeah. Oh, well, I just it's just, you know, when you're sleeping until midnight. <laughs> What will you do? But as always, please, uh, don't just subscribe. Spread the word about the podcast. We're about to hit a very cool number about the number of thousands of people that have been uh, downloading us. And it's not two. Mm. It's been amazing. We we will not gloat about numbers, but... Wow. Thank but you. It's thank all you, thanks thank you. to you. And we can't thank you enough. And thank you to those of you who've headed to iTunes and put a little comment down. It helps us immensely. And uh, we are just really chuffed that you keep coming back each week. And if there is anything we can ever do, please head to the paulandrach.com.au website and send us a little email. It goes straight to us and we will write back. Uh, and we're always up for suggestions, just like we got from Daniel and Duncan about downloading the app that I'm going to yes. record myself sleep talking this week. And just finally here. Um, mm. If I paid you $1,000 every week, mm. could you do the little run that you just did <laughs> in your tidy, tidy pajamas again? Because uh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did race uh, because I wanted to get a little story yeah. It is back and uh, from this week on I will be putting back up on our Facebook page suggestions for the safe word. But after the break uh, in tech time about the wedding curator, the social (laughs) media curator, uh, we thought a great safe word might be curate. So here we go. Paul Murray, would you like to introduce it? Ladies and gentlemen, as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, so your heart must be bursting with fondicity for (laughs) Rachel's story time. Today's story is titled Seeing Red. Oh. I wonder if the curtains match the carpet. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Curate. (laughs) Curate. I had a job as a window cleaner for a few years and the perks were great. I always had my shirt off and tan on, even in winter I Good. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> By far, the best thing about my job was the daily perv I got from the women in their place of business. Who says place of business? <laughs> generic. <laughs> generic. <laughs> this one time, I caught the attention of a voluptuous older woman with red hair and mm. massive curates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty obvious she liked what she saw. Yeah. She kept looking down at her papers, but regularly glanced up to see me in action. Finally, she gave me a big smile wrote something on a piece of paper and held it up for me to see. It read, Level 8 Accounting Office. I gave her a big smile and immediately lowered myself to the street before spraying some water on my chest and heading for the elevator. What, soapy water cleaning water? (laughs) You would stink. As the doors opened to Level 8, I saw my new chum standing in the hallway. She said nothing except summoning me in with a roll of her finger. With that... She curated to her curators. Whoa. Curated out my curator and curated it. Wow. <laughs> she was a little more cuddly than what I usually go for. Oh, well, sorry, mate. Clearly you're discerning. <laughs> you're in the middle of your job. You give it up halfway through to go and spend some time. But I could tell she was curating for a curate <laughs> from the way she curated on my curate. Oh. She pulled me to the floor, pushed me. Curating, curating, curating. She curated my curating curating curator and curated me curating for good a good 10 minutes. <laughs> wow, we've stopped being generic. <laughs> I held her chunky curator oh. throughout as her curaty curaties <laughs> bounced in the natural light. Oh. After we'd both curated, I could tell she was keen for more. But looking at the family photos on her desk, <laughs> I declined her offer. <laughs> See ya. Oh, boy. 
You're listening to Paul and Rach. Uh-oh, razzmatazz, uh-oh, razzmatazz, uh-oh. 